hi everyone and welcome back to the Target Transfers podcast, the number one heat printing podcast in the world. We're really delighted today to be joined by Dave from Transfer Express. Um, many of you have probably recognised him. I hope some of you have attended his webinars before. Um, he's one of the uh, leading educators in anywhere, not just in styles and uh, for heat transfers, but for garment decorating in general. So thanks very much Dave for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Really excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm honoured to be here. And that's such kind words. I, uh, makes me feel like a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> you are a big deal. You are. We're really pleased for you to join us today because we think it's uh, really useful for our customers just to kind of get a bit of an insight into what's going on in the US market because we do tend to either mirror or follow uh, many things that are going on in the US. So we thought now's a good time, We're getting ready, heading towards busy season in September, October. Let's have a quick chat just in case there's something that some of our customers might not have thought to do or um, could perhaps get some advice from you. So what's what's um, what's kind of the biggest trend that you're seeing going through Transfer Express at the moment? Ooh, the biggest trend. Well, we've seen kind of like, the, it's always been a big part of our business, but single color artwork and with our screen printed transfers, it's been kind of the bread and butter that we've been, uh, you know, uh, helping decorators with for over 30 years now. Uh, and it seems like now like simplistic, minimalistic graphics have been huge. Uh, and I mean, I don't want to say exclusively because we've also seen this big uh, kind of shift into digital transfers and uh, full color artwork or at least uh, like gradients and kind of more in that like streetwear style that have been becoming increasingly popular of course then with the uh with the single color stuff with uh quality blanks is really where it's coming from uh eco-friendly or sustainable blanks comfort colors has been huge even to uh see that portland company kind of came out with this whole beach wash line that is that garment dyed kind of uh aesthetic you have those almost like pale muted colors a little bit uh, and couple those with the minimalistic one color print, two color prints. Uh, that's really what's been really, really big. You see it blow up on all the online marketplaces and Etsy and stuff like that. Uh, and even more people now selling on social media. You see a lot of that coming. So that's kind of been the trend that I've at least uh, kept my finger on the pulse uh, that's that's emerging here. And then, of course, tie dye. Tie dye has been huge the past year, uh, maybe year and a half. And it seems like it's not going to stop with more suppliers than ever offering tie dye or the crystal dye garment dyed uh and that that like kind of like texture yeah. i think it took a little while to get over here tie dye but now that it has it's really picking up when we were at printer and promotion the just hoods uh, all we do is stand had tons of tie dye and everyone was loving it weren't they we stole a few as well of course yeah. <laughs> they're good to have on hand and not just reserved for the hippies anymore <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the actual colors they use into tie dye with a lot more, the more contemporary colors now, aren't they? Yes. So it makes it much more of a, a kind of more viable fashion piece on scale that way. Oh, yeah. And you can mix it with other stuff. Yeah. It's not just the rainbow tie dye anymore. It is uh, like the, the tone on tone. So it'll be like two colors of blue. So you get the light blue, the dark blue, uh, or purples, or yeah, where it's, it fits in much more with any other wardrobe than just, yeah. You, you're in a, you're walking around with a rainbow, although there totally still is the uh, <laughs> the full tie dye rainbow, which is great. And then they even make uh, styles that'll have like windows. So the center chest area where you're typically decorating a T-shirt will be a solid color yellow where everything else. So you could actually print on it with almost any color ink 
and you don't have to worry about your print fading into that that texture of the 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 dye itself mm. that was clever i haven't seen those before no i haven't seen them over here they've not quite made it here we're definitely seeing a lot of the kind of like so the muted colors are quite big here there's a lot of that on show at promotion this year and yeah yeah the chats we've had with the gum companies here that seems to be following through for quite a while as well oh so, yeah and the sustainability that you touched on briefly there, that's really growing over here at the moment. Majority of, like we talked to um, obviously Bella Canvas a lot, and that's something they're really, they have been pushing, they continue to do, um, is how how they manufacture and sort of produce their garments. So mm -hmm. I think that's something we'll see a lot more of in their yeah, coming months. The one brand that's that's really growing in popularity here is All Made. So it's made uh, with sustainable cotton. And then also every shirt in their like traditional T-shirt line uh, uses, I think, like six recycled plastic bottles. So they're using that the RPET, uh, that synthetic polyester that's made from plastic. And so it's a great way to, to kind of, you know, reduce the, the footprint while also being sustainably manufactured, too. And like uh, I believe they're produced in Haiti. So. Uh, and, and they're really proud of like paying a, a living wage for the actual garment mills that are making them. So it's really, really cool. And even if you're not into all of that, uh, and you, I mean, you should be supporting that anyway, but even if you're not, they are awesome t-shirts, number one to decorate on and then to wear too. They're just super comfy, super, super soft. And for when you think of like, oh, recycled polyester plastic content, you put these t-shirts on and they are so soft. They feel almost like a Bella Canvas, like 3001. I think that's the issue a lot of people have is that they assume that the transfers that, um, the transfers, sorry, the garments that are sustainable aren't going to feel as good quality as the ones that aren't. But actually, when you compare the two, you can't tell the difference in the ones that are really, really well made, like you say, Bella Canvas, for example. You really can't tell the difference at all. Nope. Okay. So, you, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, though, to know that obviously uh, Ultra Color Max is something that's launched. Um, about six months ago, probably, I think, Transfer Express, give or take, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. And it's relatively new in the um, in UK, so it's only been here a couple of months. But I was hoping you could share a couple of examples of successes you've seen already from customers that have started to use this product and really um, get out there with their products and see, what, you know, in case there's something that perhaps someone is listing uh, from the UK that hasn't tried it yet, where they could uh, see some ideas for uh, success themselves. Now, what I absolutely love for it, and it is this rev this whole kind of direct-to-film revolution, is really opening the doors uh, to allow people who have otherwise been intimidated. I mean, when you talk about the entire heat transfer apparel decorating landscape, it can get very confusing. There's tons of different options. And, of course, the screen print transfers, I absolutely love to really emulate that look and feel of screen printing. But if you're coming new to the industry and you, you're not used to color counting or paying you know, more per color per ink that you're using in your design. And then, you know, you're really eroding any profit margins right off the bat. And usually, typically, you'll see minimum quantities. And that's really where the the Ultra Color Max direct film transfers just really come in for the win. They're so simple and easy to use uh, that the hot peel on them is like effortless. I love our screen printed transfers for their easy uh, hot peel, but the direct film transfers kind of just really take it that one step up but they are that low barrier of entry and they're getting so many people comfortable with using heat transfers to profit with their business. Cause that's another thing uh, is just the simplicity of the pricing, simplicity of ordering and just 
the the availability to do jobs that otherwise you would turn away. So, you know, back even before director garment came out in the industry, uh, you know, 10, 12 years ago at this point, uh, before it was actually commercially viable, if somebody said, I need a low quantity of a high color count or, a, you know, I just want to put a photo on a T-shirt, you were kind of limited to sublimation uh, or paying an astronomical per piece rate for a low quantity. And now that is completely accessible to you and you could still maintain a high level of profit when you compare it to people who are doing uh, you know, just online internet direct to garment printing. If you say, I want a, you know, a six color graphic on a t-shirt, you go to them, they're going to be like, it's 40 bucks for one t-shirt and that's fine. Uh, you could do that now way less with direct to film transfers and almost on any substrate. So you're really blowing direct to garment capabilities out of the water. Just until recently, direct to garment was uh, you could not print on polyester or any really synthetic material. It had to be 100% cotton or a cotton dominant blend. And then you were reserved to sublimation on only light colored polyester garments. So now with direct to film, it opens up this entire realm of printing on polyester or blended, tri-blend, or even 100% cotton garments, incredibly cheap. And uh, for decorators, it just is super simple. So I've been using it. I love it. I think uh, some some images behind me here, <laughs> whichever way, uh, are printed like this uh, one graphic you can't really see, but it's like a postcard. It says Florida on it. Um, and using that one, being able to do that in a low quantity uh, with no clear outline. I mean, it, the, it, the feel of the transfer is so light. And that's really a benefit to the Ultra Color Max line, uh, because you see a lot of people cropping up on the Internet buying these these printers. And the technology just isn't there yet for a commercial, easily accessible desktop solution for home. Uh, I know we've been working between target transfers here and stalls in, in, in the States that we've been working on developing the direct-to-film technology ourselves for well over, I want to say it's a year and a half. Uh, through research and development and and banging up different equipment and seeing uh, the problems that you're running into and what exact uh, temperature and humidity that we need to have. And then with the curing process, when we when we put these, uh, you know, inks through the dryer, that are they burning off harmful chemicals? And it's stuff like that, that, that it's it's reinventing this direct to garment wheel but in a completely new way. And so all of these kind of pitfalls that you have with the machines, everybody who is selling direct to garment or direct to film machines right now, they, they might not be in business in six years. And they are all, I think the oldest one is 18 months old. So like when you're talking about longevity and you're talking about an investment for your business, for these small time decorators, are you gonna dump 20 grand or something on, uh, on a printer that's not actually uh, tested? that there's no historical data on it. And the the it, the technology is evolving so quickly that it's so risky to involve uh, yourself and invest in that as a business, just like we've seen with director garment. Uh, I, I was I had the pleasure of being in a room with Josh Ellsworth earlier this year uh, with 140 apparel decorators. And he raised his hand. We were talking about Ultra Color Max and direct to film transfers. But he said, raise your hand if you purchased a direct to garment printer back in the day. And I would say, a solid 40 or 50 people in this room raised their hand and said, yeah, I own one. And then he said, keep your hand raised if you've ever made your investment back. And one person kept their hand raised. Wow. And that's truly where I think Ultra Color Max is going to fit in here because it gives all these opportunities. It is essentially your, your direct-to-film supplier 
with a trusted name behind it. I mean, how many years combined all of us have in heat applied decoration? Uh, and we trust this product. We trust this product to offer it to our customers so that, you know, they could offer it to their customers and we believe in it. They believe in it and they could see the quality of it. It isn't, you know, it isn't trying to play with, you know, the the print head speeds or how many, like uh, everything that you buy is is all, it could be counterfeit. You just don't know. And so trusting a supplier instead of investing so much money up front uh, seems to really be the talk of the town now. Uh, and allowing companies that know what they're doing and have vetted uh, machines, because I mean, the machines that we're using are all proprietary uh, kind of built. They're all cobbled together with all these different parts that we researched what's going to print the best quality and what's going to, uh, you know, uh, allow us to, to print at a capacity that we could serve our customers and have absolutely astonishing turn times with next day turnaround for these digital transfers that uh, essentially are almost limitless. Yeah. That was long-winded. I apologize. It's made me think of something. One of the things that when you pointed at the uh, shirt behind you, it kind of got me thinking is that one of the things that we often talk about here is um, we make the, the transfers easy, make the heat presses easy, make the vinyl easy, because really we don't want customers to be wasting their time working out how to use our heat presses or transfers. We want it to be easy because where they can add value to their businesses through sales and marketing, that's how they're going to get more business in. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, um, yeah, that we, you know, now with it, as purely as from a marketing perspective, one of the things, one of the great things about working in the stars group is we have an idea, we go and do it, we try it. But so now we have a product which, because part of what we're here to do, myself, Moyen, yourself, Dave, is to generate, give ideas to to our customers so then they can pass on to their customers and then increase revenue, generate ideas. But now, so we've got this, we've been loving using this product because it means we want to do a presentation, a webinar, we're like, okay, I've got an idea, let's just run off a sheet of Ultracolor Max, then we'll present it to our customers, show how they can make money from it. But it means, like you say, the, the quick turnaround on these things is means if you're a customer with an idea, you don't even have to commit to a minimum of 10, you can be like, I've got an idea for some products, let's just get some printed out, get them back like two days later at most, fuse it, present it to our customers then, be it as a brand or even as a fulfillment, you're going to take it as a sample to someone and you've got that quick turnaround on your idea so you don't have to wait to see if it's a good idea and kind of um, lose the momentum of doing it, which I think is a really great possibility as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that prototyping, we've seen a lot of customers before they screen print or before they invest in a full run if they're buying bulk uh, quantities to sell, if they're like, say, a clothing brand, where they will prototype using direct-to-film transfers. They photograph incredibly well they wash incredibly well and they wear incredibly well. So uh, getting them out there and getting these designs out there. And then even when you compare it to any other substrates like vinyl, you could get, uh, you know, heavy colors. There's no need to layer and even the intricate detail. There's no weeding. They come ready to apply. And we've even seen them apply on, yes, spandex and nylon that doesn't get washed. Uh, I know they're still in the wash testing phases of that. And I I know everything we do is at least 50 plus wash dry cycles to, to be able to offer it out because we want our customers to have confidence in the product. So like seeing just how really versatile it is at a low temperature application, it's not, you're not damaging any synthetic garments and you can really harness that power of prototyping, which otherwise you were paying, 
yeah, a hundred bucks for a screen printed shirt or something, or having to use screen printed transfers in a bulk quantity. And then if you are changing the size of the design or any details in the design, you do have to go back and completely kind of chalk that all that, that initial investment. And just, that's part of the, that's part of, you know, the cost of doing business. And now with direct to film, that is incredibly accessible. Thing. Let me go. I just want to pick up on that as well as you mentioned vinyl, and something that um, I think is important for people to consider as well is that Foxconn Max is obviously a full color product, but it doesn't mean you have to only use it for full color. If you if you want to prototype or actually you're getting, I don't know, we've seen that lots of people getting sheets of just initials done and they're one color, but it's actually a quicker, faster way to just do one color stuff sometimes as well. Yep, especially, especially if you uh, don't need as many. Yep. That low quantity is really where it shines. And I, I, for us, I usually recommend it's like under like, yes, yeah, six or 12 quantity. It is absolutely, it can be completely fine to do, you know, white, one color, two color kind of artwork. But once you get up to that, that higher level, I, I mean, I've been in the screen printing industry, used to do, you know, working with uh, the, the MHM automatic presses and uh, 16 carousel platens and everything. And like, I just love the look and feel of a screen printed t shirt. But even in that white one color for those low quantities, the majority of people, it's not it's not thick and heavy like a traditional full color transfer is. Uh, it even I mean, and there's tons of vinyls out there that almost mimic screen printing kind of when it when it really sits into the fibers of the T-shirt. But that's how the, the direct to film transfers do it. Uh, and they do sit in the fibers of the T-shirt. And if it's just line work uh, or something, I keep pointing to the wrong side, but something like that's <laughs> just a simple text. Uh, yeah, you could you could pop off a few of them for a small a small group. You know, say you're just paying for uh, event staff to go to an event, or you know, and it's three or four shirts that you need for one or two days. So it, otherwise, that was so expensive to run before. And when I say expensive, it's expensive in cost and expensive then to pass down to whoever's going to be wearing it. So being able to reduce the cost and help. Uh, you know, apparel decorators profit using it for, yeah, one color or full color. It, it really doesn't matter. And if you manage this, I mean, like I said, we're kind of relatively recently, so we're, we're only just starting to see the, the customers that are using Ultracolor Max as an entry point into garment decorating in general. But have you had the chance to see anyone that's actually started in, say, January, February, and actually already gone on to uh, success using uh, direct film transfers already? Absolutely. And I've seen it from people just getting into the industry uh, just because of how simple it is. And I mean, you kind of touched on it earlier, the frustration that you have of uh, we want it to be an ease of use, because when you start getting in and you start maybe using some some full color transfers and maybe you don't have the highest quality heat press yet, you're still on a budget with a budget heat press and you wanted to have good results. And then when you start wasting garments and misprinting garments, uh, I mean, and, uh, for a myriad of reasons, I'm not saying just, you know, it's the heat press's fault or the transfer's fault, but when you're on that learning curve, it could be just so discouraging. So seeing people immediately get success with Ultra Color Max transfers, they feel confident in their abilities and then they keep going. And when you have that, that confidence and you have that good quality, that's really when, uh, you know, you really put the pedal to the metal and that's when uh, the, the, the jobs start rolling in, you get more ideas of what you're capable of producing. And, and yeah, that really takes it forward. Now, on that other hand, we've seen people come in 
recently and start decorating with ultra color max and then graduating to larger runs and using screen printed transfers uh, or even our other ultra color line of transfers that are a little bit uh, better suited for that uh, higher quantity decoration as uh, you know they start coming on gang sheets and you start getting the quantity discounts kind of down the road uh, but even we've seen people who have been using uh, automatic screen printing presses or uh, small shops that have been running like a six platen manual press and they're switching over to using transfers and uh, direct to film transfers just because of how easy and efficient it is to use those and it's building profitability into their business no longer is it having to burn you know two three four screens and it's much faster than leveraging that direct-to-garment printer that they have to keep switching the printhead on or taking the inks out and shaking them up or the ink lines are clogging because they don't have a correct climate control system. So not just new people coming in, switching and leveraging these transfers to build profit in their business, but you see it with these existing businesses uh, that are starting to push their screen printing presses into the corner and make the same amount of profit with much less work leveraging both the direct film transfers and plastisol transfers that's great it's really pleasing to hear so obviously in the u.s there's um there's, i mean there's numerous numerous events trade shows we're, we're unfortunately we only have one each year which is a bit of a shame um but one of the things i really wanted to um have one for as we mentioned what's going on in the u.s and um, with regards to what questions people are asking you at shows i'm sure there's Lots of people who are listening who wish they could ask those questions or too shy to ask those questions for whatever reason. So um, at the moment, I think it's probably one a week at least in the US now. So what's what's the what's the talk of the town? What are customers asking you when they're meeting you at the shows? So number one, I think the question is durability, uh, that quality and durability of the print itself. So uh, at almost every show that at least I've been to, I think I've been to four or five already this year. Um, with a couple more slated coming up. And yeah, it is pretty much almost every week. The team just got back from a Graphics Pro Expo in Los Angeles. Um, we were out in uh, Meadowlands in New Jersey, just outside of New York. So these huge major markets. Uh, and for a lot of people, this is their first time really getting to use and feel and see a direct-to-film transfer uh, in person. Because it's been the talk of the internet now for probably about a year um, or maybe even longer, if it depends how deep you go into the forums, but uh, that pe that people are are kind of new to it. Now, at these trade show floors, there's there's tons of uh, people actually selling machines too. But again, like I mentioned, it's kind of untested territory. They're just getting out there and offering these solutions, be it, you know, uh, a couple thousand dollars for a desktop solution all the way up to twenty, thirty five, forty thousand dollars for more commercial solutions. But they still aren't they don't have the the testing behind them they don't have the years behind them but everybody always wonders about the wash testing and durability of them so the number one thing that we do test it for yourself i can't i can't tell you as much uh you know that that's going to convince you but if you get the sample in your hands and they're pressing it on site on the show floor they take the sample back go ahead wash it and and abuse it do exactly what you would do to a regular t-shirt and you'll see how how good it holds up it even kind of gets softer in the wash. It doesn't get brittle like uh, those older full color transfers. And a lot of people have to fight that that preconceived notion of what, you know, they got burned by a full color transfer 10 years ago. And they don't know that the technology has come so far that it feels so good on the garment and that it does last, last 50 plus wash dry cycles in there. 
Now, of course, they're also asking, where's the clear outline? Is this a single step application? What temperature is this applying at? And it's awesome to be able to say 290 and it's a hot peel because depending on the films and even you'll see people walking around with sheets of, of direct to film that they got from another vendor. And they're like, oh, well, this is a cold peel and this only applies at 320. So, uh, yeah, it's going to scorch some polyester. So being able to, uh, you know, really dial it down to that 290 degrees with a super simple hot peel. I mean, and they see these things when they're when, you know, when they're applying on site. But I would say to anybody who's who's kind of skeptical of direct to film or thinks that it looks cheap or that it feels bad or it feels everybody said, does it feel like a sticker on the garment? Everybody always says that you guys probably hear it all the time. Does it feel like a sticker? And it really doesn't. I mean, any graphic that you have, if you have a humongous area that is solid ink coverage, doesn't matter if it's screen printed with a regular press, uh, you know, wet screen printing on the garment or if it's a screen printed transfer or if it's a full color transfer, it's going to feel heavy. It's just you, when you have open areas in there, it definitely opens it up much more, but it doesn't feel like a sticker. I've uh, I've talked to some uh, of our social media influencers who are so skeptical of, eh, you know, I do a lot of plastisol and then they get to trying out the actual direct to film transfers, the ultra color max, and they go, this completely changed the way that I think about full color transfers. And rightfully so, the technology is definitely getting there. So that's that's a few of the questions that we're that we that we hear on the trade show floor. But another thing too is is you know, I like to tell people because they're thinking about oh well should I buy one or should I be producing or should I be buying transfers? Like should I be should I be buying a printer to produce my own transfers? Um, or but it's it's just like any other style of printing. There is an inherent learning curve, and the one thing we found particularly about direct to film transfers and the machines that they print on is the climate. They need to be in a super humidity and temperature controlled climate. Otherwise you get uh, quality issues in the prints or uh, the adhesive does not uh, gel onto the back of the inks as well. Uh, or even you have registration issues, you know, with some of those lower end printers. So it's kind of like th those kind of, uh, I don't know, the, the issues that you want to you want to you want people to prepare for and that, that you know when you're selling a machine and you're trying to move the machine they're going to go yeah no no push it out yeah no it's great it doesn't matter but when you know, the one trade show that i was at earlier this year in uh in los angeles somebody was carrying around a, a print and there was banding there were lines visible in the print on the carrier oh yeah well they said that just because this is a you know a trade show floor and it's it's not it doesn't have the right humidity that it's 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 not going to be the best quality and like how are people handing that out? How do you feel confident handing that out to somebody to say, oh, yeah, well, this isn't climate controlled. So in here, but I'm still going to give you a sample so you could test the quality for yourself. Is their shop going to be climate controlled any better? Are they going to have a humidifier in there running with with all of the with the, uh, you know, the correct equipment to be able to keep that in their shop? No, it's probably more climate controlled in the in the. Uh, in the trade show floor than it is on in their garage or wherever their workshop is where they're producing. So, you know, just, just to be able to simplify that uh, for these customers and uh, really help apparel decorators make the right decision. That's not going to dig them a hole right out of the bat and be, and allow them to profit almost immediately. Yeah. I think that's it. Great advice. I mean, realistically, once you have one of the machines, you, if you're putting it in your garage, say for instance, which a lot of the, a lot of people will be so you're probably looking at an additional 15 to 20 grand just to make sure the room is capable of it absolutely and then you have to stand and watch the machine on top of that so have you got time to then just stand and watch it print out 
it's not the best use of anyone's time really mm-hmm. and so it's much better to um let professionals do it and yep. i think it's you know this is transfer printing is a bit like it's an art form really the people who manufacture e-transfers on the production side of things they have this they could only ever been transfer makers it's like they would they must have been drawn to it somehow because there's a an understanding of powder and ink and how they all combine they're like um they're scientists without the degree to go with it yeah just have a this kind of sixth sense when it comes to transfer printing which um you can't just make you can't just start from scratch with something you can't just be like yeah i'll no. buy one of the machines and i'll work it out it's, it's really not that simple if you're not if you're not already doing it um it might already be too late where you are in that in that instance i would say yep I would say, yeah, a little bit of science, a little bit of passion, uh, and a whole lot of experience always are the best anywhere in the printing industry. But you need you need those ingredients. Otherwise, something's going to be something's not going to work out right. And seeing I mean, personally, knowing I know, uh, you know, the guys who kind of developed it here, I've been working with uh, several of them through several different companies now in the print industry. And I've known them for a long time and I trust them. And hearing just how excited you could hear them get excited about the technology coming out. And that, that just re-energizes me every time, you know, even if it's, even if I'm a plastisol, you know, plastisol ink runs through my veins, you know, uh, through and through hearing how excited they get about digital printing and the new technologies coming out. And, uh, you know, even now talking about dye blocker and some different types of inks that they're being able to throw through these uh, direct to film machines to really take ultra color max, uh, on a playing field and just, just way up here compared to where everybody else is in terms of quality and seeing those people walk around the show floor. I have never heard even now four or five shows in through this year with tons of direct to film back and forth, uh, from a whole bunch of different vendors at these shows. Everybody says this ultra color max blows away the quality of any of these other transfers. It's lighter. The colors are just absolutely brilliant. And it's it, it's just dead simple to use. So like that that is a big I don't know, it feels good that you know it kind of quantifies the hard work that our research and development department put together to say, oh yeah, we've tried all of these different printers and we had to make our own to be able to get the quality that we expect out of a digital heat transfer. Yeah, I think that's I think and one of the things I often tell customers and I think it's really important is that something to bear in mind is I mean I've I mean I'm I've been here four years and I'll be honest with you, I wasn't in the garment industry at all before that four years. But about two years ago when Ultracolor came in through and now Ultracolor Max, the shift in the industry, I would say it's it's been seismic. It's it's not like it's like oh something's just kind of gradually turned the corner on this full colour stuff. It's literally it's almost like you woke up one day and like the game just changed when you what you could what you could achieve. It's really been probably since Probably since Hot Tonics first came out, I don't think there's been many things that have kind of really shifted things um, in the same way that all the ultracolor products have. Um, I mean, if, if anyone's not watching Dave's uh, webinars, he does on a regular basis, you need to, firstly. Um, but one of the great things is that Dave does a lot of artworking as part of your presentations. And anyone that's listening that's a kind of a graphics person, I think that's where we're seeing a lot of people really um kind of achieving big things is because now these designs that they had where before they might be like oh, i've got this great design and now thinking now they have to do the design they're like okay now what have i got to take out my wonderful design so i can actually make something from it 
Mm -hmm. so every time the design is always compromised or it's not true to the artistic vision that the customers had in mind but now yep. i've got a design i like it okay that that'd be fun you know target target transfers can make it work transfer express can just make that work now yep and especially coming from the, the traditional you know screen printing industry for any designers and I, I being a designer myself you always have those ideas and you're like you know what i want to make these t-shirts and then you get faced with a minimum quantity. So it's um, immediately when you go to a printer and we've seen so many designers kind of take this uh, because they don't need to learn the full art of screen printing. They don't need a full press in their house. You just need a heat press. So these designers are then taking their designs and using transfers like Ultra Color Max or even the screen print transfers and being able to produce low quantities. So it's like they don't have to assume that financial risk it, from taking, you know, oh, I need to buy at least 24 or 48 quantity and I don't know if they're gonna sell. So they go buy some transfers, buy some blank garments and just produce on demand, which is another thing that heat transfers have really aided in the profitability and the success of so many Etsy shops or online stores that I mean, even selling on, on social media. You buy the garments and stock them. They could be returned or you just continue to use them uh, for more projects in the future. And you buy the transfers at a very, very low per piece cost. If they're, you know, a, a buck or two bucks per transfer, even that's that's not that bad if you have to end up ultimately not using them. Really, the, the garments are the expensive part. And then when the order comes in, you take the transfer, you take the garment, you press it, you, you fulfill it, you pack it up in a little box or in a little bag, slap a shipping label on it and ship it out. And that's just how easy it is that you could run a full service clothing brand from essentially a bedroom. And that's the power that that a lot of designers now are seeing. And you, like you mentioned, not having to compromise the artwork, not having to, uh, you know, bring it down to just one color because it, otherwise, it, economically, they nobody's going to buy a $65 shirt. You want people to sell it. So you're able to produce it at that lower quantity, reduce your financial risk, because uh, we know starving artists are a real thing. <laughs> I've been there. So I, I know how I know how it is. And, and I wish I wish I would have known, you know, 15 years ago when I was, you know what, I can't, I want, I have this idea for shirts. I was in a lot of bands uh, back in the day and, you know, we wanted merch to sell at our shows. Hey, I want t-shirts, but I can't, I don't, I know that we're not going to sell 48 of them and I can't afford to dump a couple hundred dollars right now on shirts that I don't know if they're going to sell or not. Cause that's a liability. That's, this is the money that we're making and being in a band, being a starving artist, you don't have a lot of money. So being able to, I, I was screen printing on my kitchen table uh, and just the amount of work that went into it. It took me weeks to be able to pull a result that I could sell. Like there was always streaking or the screen would fill up or I'd blow some emulsion out or it bleed through the screen and then the, the, everything's closing up on the t-shirt. It was just, I mean, I love the, the art of it and I had time on my hands and like it was fun to do. But if I had known that I could just buy a heat press because I spent on screens, inks, emulsions, stencils, squeegees, all that stuff and all the cleanup materials, the, the emulsion remover and screen reclaimer, all that. I spent more than it would have cost to buy a heat press at that point. Yeah. And then I had, had I never got retail ready results. And here, if I would have known that I could have just bought a heat press, plastisol transfers or I mean, full color transfers really weren't a thing back then. But being able to pull those, uh, you know, plastisol transfers and get the exact same result with 
a fraction of the learning curve and a fraction of the investment of both my money and time, I would have absolutely went that route. And that's why that's why I'm, you know, I love helping people out now with with the education and the webinars and the uh, the videos that we have on our YouTube, because really uh, empowering people who are passionate about the printing and apparel printing in any way uh, is just it's really, really rewarding. And then to see people come back the next year and go, hey, I grew my business by twenty thousand dollars this year with your guys' help. And like I'm spending more time with my family and I'm reaching goals and I'm, I'm you know, I'm investing back into my future. And that kind of stuff is so powerful to hear. And that just it, it keeps me doing what I'm doing. It energizes me every single day. Brilliant. Um, I've got some questions off the back of that. Before I forget, I need to know, Dave, what sort of, what were the band names you're playing? <laughs> I knew that was coming. I could sense it. Uh, I think we're still on Spotify uh, out okay. there, uh, but it was the Midnight Slander uh, okay. the video that I did or the band that I was in. And then that was that was kind of the biggest one that we went. Uh, and then uh, just in uh, the Make It magazine, I did a whole article on band merch printing. Uh, we filmed a video last year on uh, using heat transfers for band merch. And I fill up a gang sheet with a whole bunch of stuff, print a ton of different project products from t-shirts to koozies and everything in between, even uh, using our online designer at Transfer Express to produce stickers. Um, and kind of the, the the success stories that I had, you know, do you want to drive traffic to the merch booth? That's half the battle. If you get somebody standing there in front of a t-shirt and you're, you're talking with them, engaging with them, like they're more likely to buy a CD or buy a t-shirt. So so get them, you know, get them talking and, and hey, we have posters and stickers that were given away back there. And it just brings the traffic. Oh, I want a sticker. Yeah, it's free. Sure. <laughs> and then you get back there, they have a free sticker in their hand. I'm like, oh, I want to buy this now. But that, that, that being a designer and being in the music industry is really what kind of, I don't, I don't want to say, it just pulled me right into the print industry. Um, and yeah, everything, I've, uh, any way you could put ink on a substrate uh, from, banner printing offset printing sticker printing uh, even yeah full sublimation direct to garment printing transfers now screen printing anywhere you can put ink on a substrate i've been there and done it i think now as well with ultra color match with that hot peel is that it could probably be a real asset for at event brand merch printing because we've we've got people in the in a building that used to work with a lot of the big screen printing companies in the uk and the amount of product that comes back at the end of band tours that just basically just gets thrown in the bin mm -hmm. is criminal basically because you know you, you know you have to they could have to over order because if they run out of stock then that's you know that's what the fan that turns up will remember is that they didn't have that t-shirt they wanted even if the gig was amazing yep but now if you can actually 12 seconds hot peel there you go and off you go it kind of opens up a lot more possibilities for the flexibility in terms so you could be like yeah actually pick a color i pick a transfer um what do you want and then like yeah you know, 12 seconds later it's done they're wearing it they're happy they're having a great time and they've got the the perfect option for them that way yep and not only are you building profit with reducing waste then too but you're 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 selling more because i mean we would mostly do black t-shirts everybody wears a black t-shirt or a heather gray or something like that where it's these neutral colors, but some people are like, nah, I don't really wear black. Like, ah, no, navy's not my color. And so now with that capability to go, we have these six different colors, somebody's more likely to say, 
I love that color yellow or everything I own is yellow or red or maroon or whatever it needs to be. Uh, and they're more likely to buy it then if it's a color that they that they uh, really, really, you know, fits into their their style, their wardrobe. And I will say with like merchandising, absolutely with sports is where it becomes incredibly popular, especially when you're talking about customization, names and numbers on the spot on the back. Uh, we did a project with the uh, we were we work heavily with the NFL with our football league here, not football. <laughs> for in terms of uh uh you know the 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 worldwide football as it will but the nfl the american football league um where we did the combine so that is where they scout the athletes coming up from college uh before they get drafted and then even the draft but we did on-site decoration at both of those events uh, i know that we work heavily with the nba and now even the mlb so our basketball association and professional baseball as well for customization in arenas and in stadiums. So you could go to the team shop and be able to put your name on the back of a Miami Heat, uh, you know, basketball jersey and pick it up before the game's over. We're like, that kind of stuff is really, really powerful for these brands to offer these solutions to the fans. And it's much more than just buying merch. It becomes an experience and it's an experience that they don't forget. And then they have a one of a kind jersey that's customized to them that they could keep forever. Uh, our one uh, the rival uh, football team here to where we live in Cleveland, uh, but uh, our one one of our digital guys here loves wearing his Steeler stuff, but he has uh, one customized that he got at the draft uh, just hanging out there. So, and all that stuff is available uh, and made possible only by heat transfers and using a heat press. And it's so easy to just set up a tent. They were out in Las Vegas for the draft printing, uh, I think it was like 8,000 shirts a day or something. It was something incredible. Maybe it was 8,000 the entire event. I don't know. But over the course of a couple of days, they were pretty much from sunup to sundown printing T-shirts uh, and customizing it for fans with all 32 NFL teams uh, and any name or number that you wanted to put on the back of it. So uh, that kind of stuff is that on-demand, on-site printing that really helps uh, creators of all sizes drive revenue and put profit in their pocket while giving their uh, customers and their fans a just one of a kind experience. It's really cool to see. And I think the great thing is it means that for people that are doing it from a fulfillment point of view as well, you can say, look, if it's good enough for the NFL, if it's good enough for the Miami Heat, you know, what, what, what's, good, what's better than that? And it is the same exact products, the same pro solutions that they're using uh, that is accessible to almost anybody out there, uh, even, uh, all the stuff that you guys carry at Target, like that, is, it's all super high quality. Uh, and if it's, yeah, if it's trusted by the pros, you know, you could trust it too. Exactly. So one of the things I really wanted to talk to you as well, Dave, um, while you're on is that obviously you take the lead in a lot of the wonderful work that Transfer Express do from a marketing point of view. Um, but I was hoping you perhaps you give some tips to know that you're, you kind of have your, hands on a lot of things, you do a lot of live video, you kind of have a good overview of all the social things that are going on. So have you got any advice for um, one of our customers, customers that might be thinking, okay, I need to, I've got this brilliant product, but now I need to actually, if, not, if I don't tell anyone about this product, how can I ever sell any? Just to have how to kind of throw themselves in there and get started promoting their business. Yeah, uh, it's it's a challenge and there is there is absolutely no magic bullet and anything I'm going to say is sound way easier than it actually is. Uh, but the thing is to not get not get discouraged. I always tell people 
uh, especially when you're just starting out, set realistic goals. Don't set a, I'm going to sell $10,000 this month because that's not a goal that you're not in control of. Stay in control of your goals. So whether it is uh, my favorite thing for uh, especially uh, like people who are starting Etsy stores or any online shop of their own, whether it be custom decorating or uh, actual like running their own brand, say, I'm going to stand up this many products a week. I'm going to work on, you know, say it's going to be this month. I want I want to have at least six new products. And with those six new products, set the goal of I'm going to put the right keywords in the product description. So I know the people who are looking for stuff like this are going to find it. Maybe, uh, you know, I'm going to take photos and I want at least two social media posts a day talking about my products. We've seen people, especially even still now that TikTok is kind of less volatile than it once was. But through the pandemic, there were so many businesses that just blew up on TikTok from one viral post where people literally would quit their jobs and their lives would change overnight because of one viral post. They'd you know, be used to doing four orders a week on their Etsy store and they wake up to 4,000 orders and they go, oh, I don't know how I'm going to fulfill this. And they lean into it. They continue setting those goals of, you know, not not anything that they can control. And so they're making content and they're putting it out there. They are optimizing their product pages so that the, they can be found better on Google. And I could get into it. We could sit here all day talking about SEO and search engine uh, marketing and even pay-per-click advertising or social media advertising, which is really, really, uh, it, it's so valuable for small-time businesses that you could say, I want to target this specific demographic of interests or uh, say you're doing a sports team and kind of doing some uh, non-licensed but very tasteful uh, art artwork that are, that's just kind of like spirit wear or fan gear. And you could you could take social media and say, I only want to market to this tiny little demographic geographically. So like this 15 miles around radius of this city uh, and be able to target that spend $25 and get in front of people. But you always want to optimize that that path too. any amount of friction that you put in, in front of people uh, clicking. And I, the biggest thing that I see in uh, that that stops people from so you say they have this great brand, a great product, but man, people just aren't buying it is no photos. So though the, there might be one photo, it might be a mock up of it. Uh, or maybe it's a photo of it just laid down. People want to see how it wears. It's clothing. We all wear clothing differently and we all have different preferences. How does it fit? Does it fit small? Does it fit loose? Uh, is it a fitted t-shirt? Is it side seamed? Put all of that information in there to build confidence in people. You see even a lot of times uh, the last photo on the product listing will be an actual fit chart. Uh, and a lot of the suppliers, Bella Canvas is absolutely awesome about it, providing the actual measurements of their shirts. So that if somebody is like you're you're used to buying clothing in a store where you get to throw it on, try it on, look in the mirror. But now, you know, with the surge of, of popularity with e-commerce, it's allowing these small time businesses so much uh, more weight and they could be competitive with these larger brands by by just providing the right information out there. That it's not just the artwork on the shirt. It is all about building confidence that your customer doesn't feel like. It, they they want to feel like this is a good value and this is a shirt that they're going to love to wear. Uh, and, and yeah, so that's, there's a lot that I could get into, but that in a nutshell is, is kind of where, where I'm at leverage, leverage the, the marketing and media that you can 
Uh, otherwise, just make sure that, you know, you're filling out a Google page and you have your business listing somewhere online. And uh, especially with the rise of all of these influencers and social media accounts is if TikTok was shut down tomorrow, would you still own your followers? Would you still own your customers? Do you have a list of them somewhere else? Have you been driving them to an email list or are they subscribing to your blog or do you have uh, some contact info for them in any way? And a lot of people don't and they're putting all their chips in a third party basket. And so if Twitter went down or Facebook or Instagram was gone, did you lose all of your customers? And so that's something that I always try to, uh, you know, if you're just getting started, maybe it's not something you're thinking about, but uh, when you have this customer base that are avid fans of your brand, uh, what's going to happen if that third party site just went away? So try to own your customers, have that storefront. Uh, and it doesn't even have to be your own Shopify or Etsy, WooCommerce, kind of stuff like that. Uh, it could be, yeah, down to an Etsy or any of those third party sites. But even Etsy still, you see a lot of creators on Etsy who have ran these stores for a while and Etsy puts them in timeout. And they have the control of their business. So owning your own business and, and you know, hosting it through a, a real e-commerce site is a great way to uh, look for the longevity of it. And then also to, uh, you know, being able to uh, fulfill it on time, because that's something that Etsy has been penalizing a lot of people. If they if it takes more than five to seven days or whatever the window is set, uh, that Etsy goes, ah, you're not fulfilling on your timeline on time out. And now you're not able to make any sales for weeks. Uh, so it's definitely stuff to keep keep an eye out for. But for the most part, if if you're unsure if you should make content or not and post it out there, post it. Take the time and it doesn't have to be two, three hours a day. It could be 15 minutes. And on TikTok, the sillier, really the better. Just show your product, either being worn, uh, you know, say you are making that unlicensed fan apparel that's, you know, tasteful. It doesn't breach any copyrights or anything uh, for a sports team. Show that going to the game, you know, show that show that uh, in the pub, like celebrating the game. Like that's the kind of stuff that you tell you're telling a story with these images and you're you're connecting with people on social media and they go, you know what? That shirt looks awesome. I need to have it. Where do I get it? A lot of times they won't even click. They're going through the scroll. They'll pop in the comments where can I get the shirt? And you go, Hey, the store, and then you link back through and you can make a sale that way. You can make a connection or go, Hey, I, you know, if you love this one, that's great. We have this in six different colors too, or however you want to connect with your, your customers. But that's the great way of social media. There's tons of people who, you know, just make content and maybe nobody sees it. But the stories that I hear time and time again, were people unsure of themselves, they didn't have the confidence in their business yet. And they're just making content to be silly and get their name out there. And then one post gets a couple million views and their business is changed overnight. Their brand is is known and they're selling. So it's just kind of not getting discouraged. Set the goals, really, that you could control and try to control everything you can, uh, you know, from from your, your, your goals to where your shop is set up. And I, if you follow kind of those formulas and stick with it, don't get discouraged. And, you know, when you say I'm going to make three new uh, listings, new, three new product listings a month and you do it, you feel accomplished. You accomplished your goal, whether you sold any or not. But all of that stuff is going to help you. It's it's taking steps to climb the mountain. You don't just jump to the top of the mountain. And a lot of people get discouraged by that because they see these flash in the pan success stories of people going right to the top. 
But if you just take these tiny little steps every day, six months from now, eight months from now, you look back and you go, wow, I've come so far as a business. And it's just making sure that you're taking each step and you're focusing on each step and you will get higher and higher up that mountain, uh, whether you realize it or not. And there will be a point where you go, wow, I went from zero orders a month to whatever, you know, that the hundreds that I have now or whatever it needs to be. And all of those little steps of success, the social media, the SEO, just the keywords and all that stuff you could search online. That's the beauty of a lot of digital marketing is that if you just have the time to sit down 15, 20 minutes a day uh, for your business, be as specific as you can, how to geographically target, uh, you know, customers for apparel with, you know, Facebook or Instagram get in front of the people that you want to get in front of and you're not going to waste dollars, you know, advertising. Cause that's a big mistake that I see a lot of people make too, is they go, I'm just going to throw a ton of money at Facebook. I'll throw $200 at one post, man, I'm not getting any sales. Why? It even has a shop now button, but it's not tar. You're throwing your money away, tar targeting an audience that isn't going to buy anyway. Think about, you know, if you make your products and you would want to buy them, who else is like you out there? What are their interests? What are their shared, you know, what are their beliefs? What are their, what affiliation do they have? Where do they live? Focus all that down and you're going to reduce your spend so that as a small time creator, that these ads actually make the return back on the investment that you're making into them. That was, that got, that got way too bad. I wanted to go. <laughs> No, that's really good. I just want to add on that as well. I think it's really important what you said about um, taking small steps because I think I completely agree with you on what you were saying is that so many people look at the end goal and go, I'm never going to get there. But if you set out small steps and you celebrate each one and go, no, I've achieved that. That's progress. That's worth celebrating, not just in business, but in anything in life, no matter what your goal is, it keeps you motivated every time you achieve something, even if it's tiny, that then spurs you on to keep going towards the bigger picture. Whereas if you go from zero to a hundred, you're going to get 10 steps out of a thousand and give up because you go, oh, okay, well, I'm never going to do that. So yeah. I think that's a really, really important message for if you take anything away from today's podcast, it's do that in business. Definitely. Yep. Just to echo Dave's point about data as well. This is something that we, this is Andy's favorite subject. Yeah, we, we talked about <laughs> this a couple of weeks ago as well, but something that's worth adding as well is that most sort of, data management platforms don't really charge you next to hardly anything when you first start out even if you just use like mailchimp even for example the first thousand email addresses are free mm -hmm. it's not going to charge you until you get over a thousand email addresses and if you're a new business and you have yeah. a thousand email addresses you're doing very well yeah yeah exactly so it doesn't have to be expensive to start to take, taking that data and then like Dave says then you once you have control it means that what happens to any of these platforms don't have to start from scratch every single time because yep. it's invariably that one of them will disappear at some point in the next couple of years yep. and a new one will come in its place yep and even people who uh i see creators who who started their businesses during the pandemic and TikTok was throwing their videos to 10 15 20 000 views on every single post that they made uh, and now as the algorithm changes and you hear the, the Instagram algorithm is always being updated and the Facebook algorithm and the TikTok algorithm. And as these algorithms change, even if you have 40,000 followers, some of these creators now are only getting a couple thousand views on every post where they're going, TikTok changed the algorithm. And now I don't know if my business is going to survive this. 
because I quit my job because we, we I was doing 2000 orders a week, but because I'm not getting the TikTok views anymore, people, I'm not top of mind with anybody, even my, the people who follow me are not seeing my posts and it's hurting my business. I'm, I have to go back and think about getting a part-time job again. And that's the kind of stuff that like you, you inherently risk uh, with any, that's why I've never really kind of start. I've always been way too scared to start my own business. So I, that is why I'm a huge champion and I applaud anybody who has, you know, who takes that risk to do it. It's just incredibly uh, valuable for them and, and to see their successes and even, you know, touch on some of the failures sometimes like we have to talk about it, but it helps everybody else come up, but see the way that like even just a change in the algorithm affects somebody's business. Like that's why it is so important to try to pull uh, any any resources or any of your customers into your own system uh, or shared across systems like you mentioned MailChimp, a great service to get into, especially for keeping up with contact of your customers. And if you're running a clothing business or even a custom decorating brand, promo codes and being able to offer discounts inherently uh, doing custom decorating. Somebody has to have a project. They need to have an event or an occasion that they're getting T-shirts for anyway. Uh, granted versus like a clothing brand that's doing their their own designs. Hey, fall sale, 40 percent off. And that's how you're going to drive people into your store or the bundle deals where it's, you know, something that I did all the time when I was a, a band and we were touring. It was, yeah, buy a shirt, it's this price, but buy two shirts, you get a free CD or you get $10 off where you kind of run these bundle deals and, and allow people to inherently buy more, but you, there's already value built in your in your apparel styles that you're selling. But when you bundle them together or give a discount, then they feel like there's even more value. They're getting a deal uh, and they don't want to miss out on that, especially if they're you know kind of already ingrained into your brand and they love your product. Yeah, sets are a great way to and especially as we kind of start moving towards Christmas, we see a lot of um, customers in the UK that really succeed because they do mum, dad, son, daughter, grandma, granddad, and they bundle all together and they have, their average order value goes up quite considerably that way rather than just have to push one at a time. Yep. It's a great way to um, really add value to your own business that way. Absolutely, yeah. You see that the same where it's like, yeah, the... the 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 mom and baby kind of matching onesies or you know and those are great markets to get into because uh babies are going to keep being born every single day <laughs> and so and so getting into that like the sports industries are you know there's licensing deals to get into or uh even like comic books or movies you have to really skirt the licensing on it but a lot of local pride we've seen uh of course getting into any of the school markets uh, I always tell people too, like if you're just getting started and you're like, well, how am I going to sell shirts? Focus on what you already know, whether you're in a book club or a hobby, maybe you go out and play golf on the weekends, you know what styles of apparel you like wearing, you know the aesthetic of what the designs already are, they're kind of trending out there. Uh, and even yeah, maybe it's even a construction or a trade like a landscaper you know that they're going to want some performance wear that's going to be breathable in the sun when they're outside. I know you guys have been through some record heat lately. It's super, super hot and humid now too. So when you, when you understand the industry of what you're getting into, you're able to provide those solutions uh, and connect the dots more than any other big brand out there could do because they're just trying, they're looking in. Uh, but when you are actually in the industry, uh, my father-in-law is a perfect example. He's nearing retirement now and his, he's eyeing up his retirement plan of 
uh, heat printing shirts for he, he worked in like commercial construction, a lot of like pipe insulating and uh, fire insulation inside hospitals and stuff. And it's this huge market that I know nothing about. But he knows about, he has been in it for 35, 40 years. He knows the stuff that he, he liked to wear, uh, whether it was polos for the foreman running on the job site, looking a little bit more prim and proper, or the performance wear for like the, the, the guys who are doing a lot of that work in the heat, no air conditioning in these brand new buildings that they're putting up or getting into dirty spots and, you know, what, what they need to include on it. Hey, we want the company name. We need a contact info on it, you know. They're walking billboards and it's a left chest because they're wearing vests or something, or they need the safety vest then too. To be able to offer those solutions, you really understand the market that you're coming into. One of our biggest uh, fans here is really into disc golf, Frisbee golf. So he that was his own passion. And he realized that in his local area, there was nobody offering customization. And now he's doing tote bags and uh, towels and t-shirts for all these events. And it's blown up to be a huge lucrative business for him. Uh, and it's all because he leaned into a passion that he already had and continued on. And I mean, it doesn't even have to be like a sport or anything like that. We've heard of people who are just in book clubs who are making shirts for the book clubs and then family members who are in, oh, we have a family reunion coming up and you start to build this network. Uh, oh, we have this event at the library. Oh, that library has a kid's program that needs shirts for their kids summer reading camp or something like that. All that stuff. You could see how quickly it, it could branch out and you know, oh, well, the libraries are usually typically very cold. And so let, maybe let's think about doing some sweaters or some crewnecks or maybe a long sleeve T-shirt. You understand your audience. And if you understand your audience, you've already won half the battle because you know what they want to buy. So being part of your audience yourself is the easiest way to get into that and really leverage custom printing. Okay. I think on that note, Dave, I think we're going to wrap it up now because we're about out of time, but I think that's a perfect way to finish finish up anyway. So I really do appreciate taking the time to join us today. And I would encourage absolutely any everyone that's listening or watching uh, to follow Target. Uh, sorry. Also uh, follow Target. Follow, <laughs> follow Transfer Express on all of their social channels. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel because they're putting some fantastic content out there, uh, some great ideas that you know, you could easily apply to the UK market in some form or another. Um, so do make sure you go and do that. Um, and, and yeah, thank you for listening to another episode of the Target Transfers podcast. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button, like this video and share it with your friends. And make sure to follow us on social media for all of the daily updates. And until then, we will see you next week. Thanks for listening, everyone.